eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How are you? Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Follow my guy, Ryan Horvath, on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. BetMGM tonight, weeknights, part of the BetQL Radio Network. He, along with his crew, will be broadcasting live from Arizona at the MGM Casino inside of where the Super Bowl is being played uh, in Glendale, Arizona, uh, yeah. all week long. Uh, we did a bonus podcast uh, with Ken Barkley, uh, and he gets on a plane Sunday to head to Arizona. What is it like for you, Ryan Horvath? What day do you leave uh, to fly out to sunny, warm Arizona? Yeah, same here for me, Sunday. I was actually going to look at some flights uh, today to try to switch because I have the uh, layover in Atlanta, and that's my least favorite airport on this planet. There's a so ton of stuff to do in the Atlanta airport. It's gigantic. It's like being in another city. Every time I go there, everything's all shut off. So, or shut down, I should say, taped off. Can't get into any of the shops. Really? Yeah, I feel like that's the last couple times. We'll see, though. I just like to, but here's the thing. I don't really like to fly, so I just like to get on my airplane, go from one destination to yeah. the other. Oh, yeah. Get off. I don't want to stop in Atlanta, then have to board another airplane. Yep. So, luckily, on the way back, it's just a one way trip for me. But uh, that's the only thing. Yeah, so Sunday, I leave around. I think 10 a.m. and I don't get there until about 7 p.m. I arrive in Phoenix. Oh. I'm excited for the week. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, that's right? Day. How yeah. long is your layover in Atlanta? Like six hours? No, it's only like two and a half hours. Well, I should say this. Okay, so my flight is, I think, 1230, something like that. Oh, 1230. You're going to get there two hours early like you do and whatever. Yeah, Yeah. so it turns into an all-day thing because I live in Maryland and I have to fly out of D.C. Right. So I got to get there around 1030 to check in and whatnot. So, yeah, so like 1230 to 220 is Atlanta. Get off sit around for two hours and then get back on a flight from like four to six thirty or something like that. And then arrive in Phoenix and then have to figure out how to, you know, but that's what happens when you travel. That's the only part. That's the bad part about going on vacation, man, is I hate the, uh, the flight. 
I don't know, man. They got some cool casinos down there in the Phoenix area to go to and hang out. Lots of good yeah, I'm restaurants. About and stuff. Getting there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I get there, I'm going to be excited. It's just and I bet you, fun. knowing these guys with BetMGM and so forth, you're probably up at some fancy little resort with like a hundred pools and cabanas and all this other stuff. I'm sure you're yeah. not at the six like Gary and Leroy were years ago on the Big Show when they went to the Super Bowl no. in Dallas. I'm no, we have a sure. golf course actually, uh, so I'll that. be doing some golfing. We'll be yeah. watching some golf. We'll be. Uh, I'm probably going to go check out Super Bowl Media Day, obviously. Go check out Radio Row. It should be a good time. Is your wife jealous? No, nah, not really. I don't really? Think so. No. She just she answered from the other room. No, she she doesn't want to go to Arizona. Kay would definitely be jealous because it's warm weather and she wants the hell out of the snow and the cold weather. I mean, we just got 10 inches of snow the other day here uh, in Oak Creek and she wants out immediately. She's like, I just want a beach. I don't care where the hell the beach is. I just want to sit on the beach and enjoy some sun. That's all, all she wants. We have snow here today. I woke up to some snow. I don't like it. It's freezing cold today, actually. So I'm excited. It's going to be 70 degrees, so I'm looking forward to that. See if that. we're going to Las Vegas, like I think the opening weekend of March Madness, we're going to Vegas. I don't know if it's confirmed yet, so hopefully I'm right about that. But then I think she'll be jealous. But Arizona, I think she's all right without that one. Dude, Arizona's fun. Uh, okay, I, let's let's talk about a whole bunch of stuff today. We got Pat McAfee up here, and Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers, the Prince. We'll lead off with that. Uh, then the second uh, topic on the agenda, obviously, is the Sean Payton trade i caught some flack on twitter for what i had to say about that so we'll get into his trade from the saints to the broncos then we'll get into something else that came off up uh, on twitter with people tweeting at me about peyton versus mike mccarthy and why is peyton deemed to be so great yet mike mccarthy gets all this heat so we'll get into that topic and a new segment we're going to start between now and the draft every thursday show one of us, Ryan or myself, uh, will do one of these mock drafts on the Pro Football Focus uh, Simulator. Uh, and on that one, different like, than Pro Football Network, it doesn't allow you to trade players, I don't think, on that one. Pro Football Focus does allow you to trade players. And then you could share it to Twitter and social media like all these people do. I- I'm not going to do that. But if you want to hear what Ryan and I do, you can do that. I did the first one today involving an Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, so we'll go over my mock draft and Ryan can make fun of me for my dumb picks or whatever the case may be. Uh, so we'll do that uh, all coming up here on Curd and Long. Let's uh, Let's go over some of the comments made by Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show on YouTube, obviously, that you can see each and every Tuesday. I can't believe he's still doing this every Tuesday, but either way, did it from Pebble Beach uh, this week is where Aaron Rodgers was this week getting ready to golf. Uh, so he was asked about the Romeo Dobbs comments. Uh, about uh, and he said that on CBS Sports Radio, which you heard on 1250 AM, The Fan, uh, and talking about not hanging out uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Quote, it's the same, or not hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Rodgers said, quote, it's the same tired voices. I think for the most part, it's people that either weren't playing or, you know, were nowhere near my level and still trying to have a name on TV. Or, you know, people that enjoy trying to run with a narrative that makes me look bad. Listen, I'm 100% attendance on every team party. I don't know if every person can say that on the squad. So that is a chance to hang out with me in those venues. I'm near perfect attendance on every single O-line dinner. We do a lot of dinners on the road. So I feel like I spend a lot of time with my teammates, and I love that time. Obviously, there are ones you are closer to than others. Dave and Randall, uh, obviously Dave Bakhtiari, Randall Cobby's talking about, are two of my closest friends on the team. I spend a lot of time with them. You know, Bobby and Alan. Again, we're talking about Bobby Tanyan and Alan Lazard. Spend a lot of time with them as well. They're two of my closest buddies on the team. Mason Crosby, you know, go over to his house. But what all of those guys have in common, especially Mason, Dave, and Randall, is that they're in their 30s. You know, I'm 39. The things I'm thinking about and doing and spending my time doing are probably a little bit different than what a 21 and 20 
22 year old are doing, you know, after the day is done, I'm not going home and playing video games and on Twitch and everything else. These young kids do, which is awesome. I have no problem with that. Look, Hey, you spend your time. However you want. I'm just not having the same interests. Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I'm going to s- quickly say a couple of things on this and, and then Ryan Horvath, it is all you. Of course. First off, um, the offensive line and, and the quarterback across all football has always been a thing, right? Like they're my guys. They protect me. You know, they don't allow me to, you know, they allow it. So I don't have a broken back every game and blah, 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 blah. So we got to be tight. I get my offensive lineman presence and I hook them up and take care of them. Little scooters or, or watches or whatever. That's always been a thing in football. If you're smart. I'll just say this. I don't understand something. Why isn't there a similar bond between quarterback and receivers? Like, if they don't catch the ball for you, your numbers aren't going to be as good. If they don't make spectacular one-handed grabs or headlong first catches and readjusting on routes and catching underthrows and that stuff, your numbers don't look as good. So wouldn't you want to have that same type of chemistry like you have with Jordy, like you have with Randall and these guys? Wouldn't you want to build that same type of chemistry? So again, understanding that probably nobody in the National Football League has quarterback wide receiver dinners or quarterback wide receiver breakfast or lunch or whatever the hell it is on a week-to-week basis. Maybe it's not a horrible idea. I'm not asking you to go to the club with these guys. I'm not asking you to go play Madden with these guys or Call of Duty or Rainbow or Siege or whatever. I'm not asking you to do any of that stuff. All I'm saying is, what does it harm possibly to go hang out and have a meal with these guys like, once a week, once a month. I don't know. You say you have no interest. Fine. But really, what do you know about these guys? Like, how much do you really know them? And don't you think, Aaron Rodgers, that some of these young dudes wouldn't love to hear some stories about you and your receivers back in the day and different moments in different games and all that stuff? Man, they'd be sitting there with their hand on their uh, their head on their hands, listening, listening to all the stories. And in fact, I got an actual example of this. Ryan shaking his head completely heavy. I got, I, I got another example of this. Back in the day when we used to go to spring training, Tim Allen and I for uh, WSSP 1250 AM, the fan, um, we'd go there every year and do shows. And I'll never forget it. The one year when Mike Cameron was on that team, the center fielder for the Brewers, yeah. it was his first spring training. Literally walked into the clubhouse, right? And you have all the lockers and everything around. And then they had tables in the middle. It literally was Cameron on top of a table sitting and all these dudes either sitting on the floor, standing, whatever else. And this dude's telling stories from back in the day of what happened at different moments, everything else. And these like hardy and weeks and fielder, these guys are eating it up. And he was like the older brother telling them, you know, the history of what he's been through and everything else and telling them stories and they're laughing and whatever else. And he was holding court. That was his deal. Like, again, I know not everybody does this. I understand. And what I'm asking is something out of the norm in this situation. But in this situation, it was out of the norm where you were relying on rookie wide receivers to be your guys this year. Right? So you had to figure out a way to build chemistry. You, Aaron Rodgers, chose not to go to OTAs other than the mandatory one. You decided that Randall Cobb was going to be the guy to build the relationships with these guys and help them. How old Randall Cobb? 
oh yeah he's not their age no he's older but he figured out how to get along with them and figured out how to bond figured out how to be the good cop and calmed them down after you chew their rear ends out he figured it out but you similar age couldn't figure it out so again i get that most quarterbacks don't hang out with everybody on the team, whatever else. But this year, in this instance, I think it would have been beneficial to the team had there been some type of bonding at some point between those groups of people. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's hard to argue that, I mean, with rookie wide receivers and without Devante, yeah, Rodgers probably should have showed up at OTAs, but I think he's earned the right to ditch OTAs. Guys like him, Tom Brady. Um, was you know, Brady I, not at his OTA in Tampa? I thought he Brady was at OTAs in Tampa. No, not this year. Or was that he the first year? The, he first year. the first year, that, but that was it. Last couple of years in right. New England, he didn't show up, and then the last couple of years. These guys are old, man, and – you know, they like to train. They like to prepare their own way. Also, Brady was going through a divorce, so he has that excuse. Um, guys are always have always been tight with the offensive line. Guys like Ben Roethlisberger, they used to go to Las Vegas with their offensive linemen. You, you protect your offensive linemen. But also, I mean, guys do have close relationships with the wide receivers. I feel like the difference between Rodgers now and the difference between Rodgers and Jordy and James Jones and those guys and Randall Cobb now, they're tight because they came into the league at the same time and they were doing the same stuff at the same time. Tom Brady's not hanging out with these 22, 23-year-olds either. Him and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin aren't going to the club. They're not on Twitch. They're not playing video games. You know, even him and Gronk, they're close, but you don't see Gronk and Brady really hanging out off the field, and that's because Brady's pushing 50 years old. Rodgers is 40. These guys are 21, 22, and wide receivers are just different, man. I mean, um, they just are. We're why, – and a lot of them, a lot of these quarterbacks, they do have tight relationships. You look at Joe Burrow, J- Jamar Chase, some of these guys, A.J. Brown and uh, Jalen Hurts are best friends. That's why A.J. Brown ended up in Philadelphia. But, yeah, um, I, I'm more – I would be pissed about the OTAs, right, all rookie wide receivers, or Rodgers not inviting these kids out there to work with them, especially when he's doing the workouts. But as far as, like, him not going over to Romeo Dobbs' house or, hey – Romeo, you want to come over on a Thursday? I don't really have any issue with that because he's old. You know, like when I was working with Quentin, he was 22 years old. He didn't want to come over to my house and hang out with my wife and my kid and watch The Last of Us on right. a Sunday because he's going to Brad Beal's house, man, and right. all going to these nightclubs and having a life still. And, the, and that's the other thing uh, is, yeah, I, I mean, Rogers, he's just old. That, that That's the thing. Him and Brady um, – but again, you could have a meal 
Like, right. I ain't asking you to go to the club. I ain't asking you to go play video games. I ain't asking for you to go doing whatever these dudes are doing. Like, I ain't asking for any of that. But y'all got to eat, right? I mean, that's got to be a thing. You figure out how to eat with your offensive linemen, figure out how to eat with your young wide receivers, right? Same thing. How hard is it? You don't have anybody. You aren't married. You don't have kids. There's nobody. So from that perspective, it's different, right? It's one thing if it's, well, Mary, got to take the kids to school on my day off, give my wife a break, blah, blah, blah. Okay, all right, fine. I, I get it, I guess. But, but in this scenario here, during the course of the year, now again, in the offseason, I don't expect you to hang out with your guys. I would love it. If a once or twice you get together and throw a little bit with them, that'd be great. But I'm not asking you to take trips with them to Vegas or whatever else you said about Roethlisberger. Like, no, no, I, I'm not expecting that. Okay. Uh, one other thing uh, from that McAfee appearance. I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you on the last podcast. And I, again, just telling you, based on what happened the last time, it appears that Schefter and that Rogers camp are together, right? We've gone over the same agencies, all this other stuff. Rogers denied it up and down the last time that he's got nothing to do with Schefter. So guess what? Now, guess, guess what happened? Schefter says, oh, you, yeah, they're, they're talking, you know, they're hearing it. You know, that makes the deal, blah, 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 blah. And I said, ah, baloney. I want to hear from the Packers. So then what happens? Rogers goes on McAfee. Well, it appears they're having conversations without me knowing about it. Blah, blah, blah. All set up by his boy Schefter for him now to come on and say this and act like now they're doing something behind his back. Dude, this all stinks to high heaven. And you and I both said on the last podcast, Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl week, that's when this is going to break. Two weeks. That's what we said. What did he say on McAfee? Well, I'll share my decision in a couple weeks. I figure I'll be ready. I texted you immediately. I was like, man, this Wait, is ridiculous. One minute, though. You think Schefter and Rogers people are in cahoots? Schefter's camp and Rogers camp. They were, in, I, I think they were the last time, and I think they are this time. Remember, they're all with the same. Rogers hates them. Ro- Rogers rips them. C- what are they with? CAA or whatever it is. They're, yeah. they're all together there. And we talked about this on Big Show last time when that all came out because Andrew Brandt pointed it out, the former Packer executive, when it all started. He's like, now don't forget. These two are with the same agency here, so understand that. And then, you know, Rogers, oh, no, that's not true, blah, 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 blah. Right. You're, so you're telling me the Packers are going to this dude, to Schefter, and having him drop all this? No chance. I don't believe it for a second. Nope, I don't. This is coming from Rogers' camp to Schefter. Whether Rogers knows about it or not, I don't know. He can say whatever he wants. But I'm telling you, that camp is the one that's feeding all this crap. And then this allows Rogers to get up there and say, hey, hey, they're doing stuff. Nobody's got any proof of anybody doing anything. I've not heard a Raider executive, a Jet executive, or anybody else say that they're talking to the Packers about a trade for Rogers. Nobody has said a word on the record, nor have the Green Bay Packers. But what's the uh, what's the motivation then for Rogers here? Oh, it makes him look better, right? Okay, he just want, yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree because I feel like both sides are ready to move on here. I feel like the Packers are ready to move on to Jordan Love. Nope. And I feel like Rogers is ready to move on, but neither want to be the bad guy. They don't want another Brett Favre situation. They don't want Jordan Love getting booed at family night. They don't want to be the team that trades away Rogers. He goes and wins the Super Bowl in Vegas or New York. Um, so, so I get it from both sides here, but I think that it's over and I completely agree. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You say they're ready to move on. What has Brian Gutekunst said at any point or Matt LaFleur that leads you to believe they're done with Rogers? That they've said nothing. Um, but Rogers, why do we think that other than Rogers says that he's got nothing to go off of? 
I think he wants to leave because I feel like it's Rodgers and he's a little bit of a head case and he, he feels does. he's not wanted. Yes, but you said from both sides you think they're both ready to move on. Yeah. What I'm asking, which is what I'm asking every because media member, why do they want to move on when they just paid this dude last year? Well, I think that they sat down, remember, two or three days, whatever it was, before Rodgers skipped out of town. He talked with Brian. He sat down with Matt, and they probably laid out the plan for next year. Like, hey, man, we can't like go all in to get you one last Super Bowl and surround you with this talent. And not only that, we probably can't bring back all your buddies. We can't bring back the West Wing of the retirement home this year. Like Mercedes <laughs> Lewis and Randall Cobb and Mason Crosby can't be here because eventually, man, you're gone and we still have a team to run here for the next couple of years or for the next, you know, forever. And we have Jordan Love here maybe for the next couple of years if he agrees to come back. Like they have to make a decision. And that's probably the thing. They know they have to make the decision now. It's either Jordan Love or it's Aaron Rodgers. And they're watching the same film that we watched. They're watching Rodgers skip those passes week 18 against Detroit in a must-win game. And they're like, if we're going to move on, now's probably the time to move on. And we could still get something out of this. Um, that's what I think happened here. I think that they were handcuffed because Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. You thought Devontae was coming back. Also, we have to remember because he used the franchise tag for the first time since 2012. And uh, then Devontae was like, no, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. I don't want to be here. I want out. So they trade him away. And then it was like, you know, it, it was all kind of a big mess because you thought you were almost going to have the last dance for real this time with Devontae and Rodgers and those guys, maybe another two-year run. And it turned out not to be the case. So now they're telling Aaron, hey, we can't do a whole lot this offseason. It's pretty much going to be the same team, right? It's going to be the same team, but maybe we're going to lose guys. We might not even be as talented on paper. And he's probably like, well, if I'm coming back, I'm not. He said, I'm not going through a rebuild. So then trade me to the Jets or trade me to the Raiders, which I don't know why you'd want to go there. Here's the thing. If Aaron Rodgers really wants to win a Super Bowl, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to be another year older. It's going to be another year in that system. Because if they still want Rodgers, this is the thing, man. The best place, that even I know the Jets have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall is going to come back and they have a top 10 defense, but they're in the AFC. Like we just watched that AFC title game last weekend, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert has a play caller now in Kellen Moore. We don't know if Kellen Moore is any good, but we're about to find out, right? The Broncos, we're about to talk about this. They just traded for Sean Payton. Russell Wilson didn't look that bad the final couple weeks of the season. They're a top five defense. You want to go in that division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Sean Payton? No, man, like the easiest place for you to win is still the NFC. We watched an NFC championship game where a team lost because they didn't have anybody that could complete a forward pass. That's where you want to be. Not with all those 26-year-old young Stallion quarterbacks. Because I got bad news for Aaron Rodgers. I know he's competitive, and I still think he's a top-10 quarterback. He's not better than Mahomes. And, and not even – is you know, he's not better than Burrow. He's not better than Herbert at, at this stage of their career. They're young. Uh, they can make all the throws still. So I feel like this – you want to stay in the NFC. And they're not trading them. To a team in the NFC. That's we the don't problem. Know this again. This is all We're this not crap that's big. All right, this well, is that, all that stuff being reported. We'll call San Francisco right now. We don't want Trey Lance. We don't want Brock Purdy. We want every other thing, though. We we want all their picks for the next decade because they have to win 
next year. And Purdy might not be able to throw a football. I think Trey Lance is the guy in San Francisco. Now that Brady's retired, I think it's Trey Lance. But San Francisco has to win next year. That's the last year they have George Kittle. I know they just paid Debo Samuel, but they're not going to have Brandon Ayuk then. They're going to have to start paying more guys on the defensive side of the ball. Like, their window, they just traded for Christian McCaffrey, man. But here's the thing. Like, what can they give up? But uh, it's not happening. He's He's got to go to the AFC, so... I, I don't think he has to go to the AFC because, I, again, I don't believe any of this because from, from this perspective, quick, because you and I talked about this before and you're like, I trained anybody in the AFC. And I said, I don't want to face that dude in the playoffs and possibly him go to the Super Bowl. As I thought more about this and I looked at it and I saw I forgot who tweeted it out today with Brady retiring. Every quarterback in the NFC South, they don't have one. Carolina, Atlanta. Tampa, the Saints, none of them have a proven starting quarterback that's worth anything at this point, right? All of them have inexperienced guys that you can't trust or guys that just aren't that good. That's what So if you open it up to the NFC, you'd have probably a majority of those teams opening it up. San Francisco would be on board. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle got into the bidding at that point to move on from Geno Smith. And then it's a bidding war. Yeah. What is the job of a general manager? Is the job of the general manager to get as much as possible in a trade? If, if that's the job of the of the general manager, and if you look at your roster, like Rogers apparently does, and says you're too young, you're not winning anything, even with Jordan Love, and you know Rogers is in playing for ten more years, I, I've changed my mind on this. I think you do open it up to everybody and go best offer wins, but we got to have multiple ones. Got to have a, a veteran player or two uh, yeah. and come with it and let's see what everybody has because that's how you get your big mega bonanza Herschel Walker type trade is by opening it up to everybody. Yeah. The, so we had Jason Lock and Four on the show last night, which was really interesting. NFL he, insider, right? For CBS Sports. Yep. For, uh, yep. And Odyssey, uh, our NFL insider, hosts a show on Saturdays or did. It's, it's over now, obviously, because uh, the season's over. At 1057, the fan in Baltimore. And he's in Baltimore. I go on his show every uh, nice. usually, usually Wednesday. I'm not on there today because I had court. Um, so he told us last night, well, he said Brady to San Francisco, but Brady has decided to retire. So that changes some things there, obviously. But he uh, does radio in Baltimore, and he pretty much guaranteed on our show last night that Lamar Jackson has played his last game as a Raven, and he thinks Lamar Jackson will be going to the NFC South. So now it turns out, is it Atlanta? Which imagine that fit, right? With all those running backs, Tyler Algier, you got Kyle Pitts, the tight end, you got Drake London, or Carolina, who has a top 10 defense, a top-ranked rushing offense, even after trading away Christian McCaffrey. They have DJ Moore, new coaching staff. Arthur Miller is at Atlanta, chopping up the run plays. So both really good fits for Lamar. But, yeah, so that leaves the other um, for Aaron Rodgers. But I, I just – I don't know that they'll do it. I would do it only because I don't think that this is – and people are going to crush me for this. I already have a bet with – Bart Winkler on this. I say Rodgers will win more games than the Packers. I don't think the Packers are a playoff team next year without Aaron Rodgers. I do, but that's okay. They weren't um, a playoff team this year with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, again, I still have my doubts. He's going to want out of Green Bay. I still think he stays, but we'll see how this goes. All right, topic number two. Sean Payton traded from the Saints to the Broncos. Was it a good deal? Ryan Horvath has the details of that trade. What do we got? Okay, so San Francisco, San Francisco, geez, man. Uh, Denver, I got Niners on a brain now. Denver sends their 2023 first round pick from San Francisco, 
which was the number 30 pick overall, and a 2024 second-round pick to the Saints for Sean Payton and their 2024 third-round pick. The first-round pick being sent by Denver is the one that they actually got from the Dolphins in exchange for Bradley Chubb. So, again, Denver sends over the 2023 first-round pick from San Francisco, which is number 30, and a 2024 second for Sean Payton and a 2024 third-round pick. So if Sean Payton was your guy and you think he's the quarterback whisperer that could fix Russell Wilson and you already have that top-10 defense and all those weapons – then I think it's a pretty damn good deal. But if he's not that guy and he can't fix Russell Wilson, like he's stuck and he's handcuffed now to Russell Wilson for the next couple of years. And he's got to go against Mahomes and Herbert. Like that's my problem, man. And I see people already guaranteeing that the Broncos are winning that division. Maybe so, right? Uh, maybe so. But I don't know, man. Like look at the last decade of AFC title games. What's the common denominator there? It either features Tom Brady and the Patriots or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's been in a conference championship game every year as a starter since he's been in the league, Mahomes. And, every and, year. Yeah. and But, like, let's look at – we could always say, because I hear people continue to make – people keep saying, well, Joe Burrow will be back. Josh Allen will be back. We did this. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, he'll be back to a Super Bowl. It's okay. 2014. It's all right. This sucks. We'll be back. You don't always make it back because let's look at it like this. Brady's always going to be there. Now he's gone. Mahomes, he's always there. But let's look at the teams that he's faced, like in the teams that Brady faced. Jacksonville, Baltimore a couple times, right? Um, Denver a couple times with Manning. And the division that Brady was in had nobody. Yeah, so. Other than Rex Ryan and the Jets for a couple years. Mahomes is, Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever play the game. He's not going anywhere. So that, that's my problem right there. Also, I think Sean Payton's a great coach, and I know I think we're going to get to this here in a little that's bit. That's next, yep. Do you think Sean Payton's maybe a little overrated? Like, we do this whole charging thing or, like, the chargering thing. Like, how many painful losses have the Saints had in the playoffs? You know, and then how many years did Sean Payton and, and the Saints, even with Drew Brees, not even make it to the playoffs? They had some bad years. They had the – they had the struggles, obviously, when he came back after uh, Bounty Gate. So, I don't know. I mean, if that's your guy, it's a decent enough deal, but you gave up a whole lot if he's not the guy and if he can't fix Russell Wilson. That's my only thing. And you're playing in a division with Justin Herbert, the Prince, and Patrick Mahomes, the King. But I argue that it's not because it's not that big. Maybe not. You, you gave up a one. Okay, fine. Um but then you also essentially just swap picks the next year, second for a third, right? I mean, it's not like you just straight up got the second. You're, you're yeah. just flipping from your third. So it's not as big of a deal. It's more a one and a flop uh, and a swap. To me, it could have been bigger than that uh, probably at the end of the day. And this all became a deal because the Broncos couldn't get D'Amico Ryans to commit to them. And instead, he went to the Texans to be their head coach. And even when the report came out that he was going to the Texans, according to reports, they circled back and tried to go get him again before he officially went over there to, to have the press conference and that whole deal. Couldn't. And then resulted in them now going and getting Sean Payton. Hey, really quick on that. I got I don't even know if this is a hot take. I was talking about this on the show last night. I think Ryan's, I think that that's the better job. I think the Texans job is the better job. Do you agree? Okay, so you go to Denver and you have a top five defense. You have Russell Wilson. You have all those weapons. 
pretty good backfield once you get Javante back, whenever he comes back, maybe week four, week five. Uh, but you're, again, you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. If you go to Houston, you have your Colts, who, in my opinion, are always going to be a mess, especially while that man is owning the team and that coach is coaching the team. That analyst is coaching the team. Saturday. You have the Jags, who are going to be tough here now, probably for the next decade with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. But then... I mean, the Tennessee. Titans have to go into a full rebuild, man. They're in cap hell right now. They're probably – Vrabel's probably going to move on. They're going to move on from Tannehill. Derrick Henry's getting older. That defense, that secondary is terrible. It's bottom third in the league. So I think the Texans is a better job, and I'll tell you why. Because the only problem with the Texans' job the last couple of years is you're one and done there. Lovey Smith, uh, Collie was one and done there because the owner's a kook. But you got a six-year deal. So they're committed to you for probably at least three to four years. You have all those draft picks. You get to handpick your quarterback. You want Bryce Young. You want C.J. Stroud. They're there for you this year. And, again, like you're only competing with the Jags. You could easily win 10, 11 games, get into the playoffs, and you have picks on picks on picks for the next couple of years. I think the Texans' job is a better job than the Denver job. And if Russ is done, if he's finished – like, you're stuck with him for two years. If you draft Bryce Young and he's no good and you're terrible, who cares? Next year you could draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. It's not like the Arizona Cardinals didn't take Josh Rosen, turn around the next year, and take Kyler Murray. I would rather just start fresh with the Texans than go into a situation with a kooky quarterback like Russell Wilson who's making TikTok videos. You don't know if his teammates like him. You don't know if he's any good anymore. And also, he's got a huge ego, we found out about Russell Wilson as well. So I think the Texans' job is a better job. It's interesting because uh, I was thinking about that too. Like if you're the Colts or the Texans, yeah. why draft a quarterback? Why not just trade back, try to accumulate picks this year and for next year? Try to get yourself another two next year or another three next year, maybe even another one next year, and accumulate more picks this year. Don't take the quarterback. To I hell said that it. too. Let somebody yeah. else take them and then get yourself in a position to where you can go all in and get Caleb Williams or Derek May or whatever his name is in, in that draft next year, the quarterback from North Carolina. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, again, your fan base is going to be hot. Yeah, are going to be hot. We sat through this horrible season yeah. and you're telling me we're going to sit through another one as bad or worse. And you better be right about this kid at USC if we're going to do that again. Fat base will not be happy if that's what they do. But I, I think I would seriously consider it because I think Caleb Williams is that much better than anybody in this class. Yeah, I mean, there's question marks around all these guys. I like C.J. Stroud the most. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be an absolute stud. I like the kid out of Fresno State, Jake Hayner. I think he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback, but he's probably not going to go day one, and he's going to start his career backing somebody up. He's going to be like the next Brock Purdy, though. He's really good. His only knock is he's too small. I do not like Anthony Richardson. I see – I get why people like him because of his like what he could be. He's a hell of an athlete, but he just can't make all the throws. Um and uh, with Bryce, I like Bryce a lot. He could throw a very – he could throw a beautiful ball, but he's just so small, and we've seen it with the small quarterback. So if I'm a bad team and I need a quarterback – Will I Levis, you didn't talk about him. I don't like Will Levis. I call him a glorified uh, fullback. I like uh, – but, like, if I'm a bad team, I would just keep stacking my defense because, like, we're watching this Eagles team – we watched the San Francisco 49ers. Like teams yep. are winning because of their defense. And then I want that like franchise changing quarterback, the next Trevor Lawrence, uh, the next Joe Burrow, those guys that come around every two to three years. And I think that's probably going to be next year with Drake May, definitely with Caleb Williams. So I'd rather get my quarterback next year. I completely agree with you.
Next topic, Sean Payton versus Mike McCarthy. Why does McCarthy get so much heat? He gets it from Packer fans, fine. But now since he's in Dallas, the pressure cooker, way more of a pressure cooker than being in Green Bay with Rodgers at this point, he's getting it even more in Dallas now from the talking heads on TV. Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy both, at last check, both have one Super Bowl ring, as far as I can know. Payton has had more losing seasons than McCarthy has had, while McCarthy's been a head coach as well. Peyton had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, like McCarthy did with Farvin Rodgers, right? So there's some similarities here. And he also had Kamara uh, for quite a while there. He had Mike Thomas. Like, he's had he had guys with him. Go back to Joe Horn and all those guys. So they've had players in New Orleans. It's not like his GM wasn't getting help for his quarterback and Drew Brees. They were getting him players left and right. Mark Ingram, they had him for a long time. So they were getting him weapons. So do tell Ryan Horvath, why does McCarthy get so much heat, more so than Sean Payton, when really when you look at everything, they're very similar? It's a good question. I know why professional betters like Sean Payton so much. Against the spread, he's the third greatest coach in NFL history. <laughs> but, uh, with Mike McCarthy, and you know what? Like McCarthy, especially early on when he first got the job, he was innovative. And also, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. We always do McCarthy doesn't have the Super Bowl ring without Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers, especially early on in his career, needed Mike McCarthy just as much as McCarthy needed Aaron Rodgers. Because it's funny, you go back and you watch those games at Cal or you watch Rodgers his first couple years in the preseason when he just looked awful. Remember his mechanics? Remember how yeah. he used to hold that ball right up by his helmet, like on the side of his helmet? Remember McCarthy took him to Mike McCarthy quarterback school. Every single day, six hours, Rodgers had to go to the McCarthy quarterback school. I think that helped Aaron out. Um, I think he was really good for Brett, obviously, that last year. Hell, they could have went to a Super Bowl that year if Favre doesn't completely fall apart in the second half against the Giants. But then I think at times, like, the games look like it's past McCarthy by, like, especially those last couple years in Green Bay. You knew exactly what they were running when they would run it. It was just the Aaron Rodgers show. The most creative thing that they would do would be stick Randall Cobb in the backfield for a two-yard gain on a halfback draw. And then the last couple years, the way that the season's ended for Dallas, which you don't know if that's a Kellen Moore thing. You don't know if it's a Mike McCarthy thing. But last year, they have no timeouts, and they run a damn quarterback draw. And then this year, they run possibly the worst play in NFL history, where Ezekiel Elliott He's washed up, wrecked snaps, gets blown up. And then the thing is, oh, we didn't think they were going to blitz. Well, yeah, they're going to blitz, man. You have Ezekiel Elliott right. pushing 30 years old, snapping the ball. And also, like, McCarthy, I don't know. I, I get a kick out of him, but he goes to the podium and he's just – he's Mac. Whereas Sean Payton's, I feel like, more buttoned up. I mean, he's on a network. He's, he's on, you know, the network right now breaking down these games. I don't know that McCarthy could handle that. Oh, so. I hope so. That would be amazing. But, he would be great. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Sean Payton's looked at as the person that completely turned around that franchise because the Saints were always a mess. Yep. Katrina happened. They've been to more Super Bowls. You know, they lost the one, obviously, as well. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is a – I think it's a fair question. Why does McCarthy get more heat? Because they both had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They both only won the one Super Bowl. Are both Hall of Fame coaches? I think so, yeah. I think McCarthy's a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's won a Super Bowl every single year. The Like, look at it like this. Is Okay, is Andy Reid a Hall of Fame coach? Yes. What's the difference? One Super Bowl ring, what, five championship game appearances with the Eagles, with Donovan McNabb, and they would lose every year. 
McCarthy, pretty much the same thing. You go to the championship game, that's a good season. They were a game away from the Super Bowl how many times with not even great teams. The team that played against Atlanta where uh, Gunter was trying to defend Julio Jones down the field. The Seattle loss, which was heartbreaking. But also, they were huge underdogs. They beat Dallas the week before. Rodgers was playing with an injured calf. Um, yeah, he had the 15-1 and season where you lose in the conference. Or, yeah, you lose uh, to the Giants. He didn't even make it, unfortunately, the NFC Championship game. But, yeah, and then he has the Super Bowl ring. Now in his time with Dallas, they've been to the playoffs, double-digit win teams. They probably win double-digit games and go to the playoffs again next year. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a Super Bowl, man. He's like, let's, I, see, I, let's yeah. see. I got to take McCarthy's win loss record. I didn't know if we were going to go there today, but well, neither yeah. did I. But I mean, you, I, would you start? Say, are you saying no? Are you arguing he's not? I, I'm, I'm taking aback that I, my McCarthy and Hall of Fame would be in the same sentence. All right, but, hold, on. hold on. He is 131, 87 and two among only four head coaches. Tom Landry. Chuck Nolan, Bill Belichick to lead one franchise to eight straight playoff appearances. Absolutely, he is. Yep. Sean Payton's career record, by the way, 152. No, I'm sorry, 161 and 97. McCarthy's 131, 87 and two. Yeah, if Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame coach and they both have the same amount of rings, one. And neither of their careers are over. So, yes, I think they're both Hall of Fame coaches. I want to be there when, 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 uh, when Mac goes in, I hope I'm still in the business, man. I have to be there. Well, I always told you, sons of bitches, all the successful football coach. <laughs> I love listening to McCarthy. He cracks I love McCarthy. How do you not like? I was ready for McCarthy to go, but only because him and Rogers, like McCarthy, the, the thing about him, guy has an ego. He has a huge ego himself. I mean, he came out and said, I'm highly successful. But he's coach. also the guy you'd love to go have drinks with at the bar and just listen oh, yeah. and just talk about everything. Oh, if you if I'm going to the bar, or if I'm going to Vegas or Atlantic City for the next two days, and you say you could go with Matt Lafleur or McCarthy, yeah. McCarthy ten out of ten times. If I'm no, no. single, I'm going with Lafleur, sure, because he's a good wingman. But right. if I'm going to have fun, the person I am today, I'm taking Mac. Oh man, that no doubt. No. Totally yeah. agree. All right, last okay. uh, one because this has been a long podcast. All right, so we're gonna start doing these mock drafts. On Thursdays, I'm doing it this week. Uh, Ryan's going to do his for next Thursday. We're using the Pro Football Focus a mock draft simulator, um, and on there you can trade players before the draft starts, um, or I guess during the draft probably. Uh, so I made the trade before the draft of Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, going off of Jason Lockenfora. Uh, I'm with Ryan Horvath talking about uh, that. So this is what I did. I did the same thing as I did a few weeks back when I did it with the Jets. Same deal, no different. First round pick this year, second round pick this year, first round pick in 24, second round pick in 24. So two ones, two twos, this year, next year, that was the deal I made. So then uh, that meant I had pick seven from the Raiders. I took pick seven, I traded back again to pick 10 and also got pick 63 from the Eagles. So at 10, I took Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. If you've seen any type of uh, video on him, the dude is an unbelievable for sure tackler, would be huge for the Green Bay Packers who are in desperate need of a safety. I don't like taking safeties in the first round, but I love this kid. So Brian Branch in the first round attempt. At 15, 
we take our guy, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. That's the official guy of this manga, of this podcast. So we take him at 15. Now I do something wacky and crazy, folks. I come back at 38. Now, again, this is within mind of I just traded Aaron Rodgers, right? So that means Jordan Love is going to be my quarterback. I come back. I take another tight end, yeah. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. So I'm going to come in with a Aaron Hernandez Gronkowski type situation here. I'm going to go double tight end a lot with Jordan Love. Hopefully, with my better back. with Kincaid than Aaron Hernandez. But yes, go on. Yeah, yeah forget Hernandez on the, the whole. <laughs> but either way, yeah. um, so Mayor and Kincaid. Then at 45, I come back get another edge rusher, Mike Morris out of Michigan. Goes Rashawn Gary. I get the guy that I love, 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 and he's tearing it up right now uh, at, at bowl practice. Keanu Benton, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin at 63. And then I take the other safety at Alabama, Jordan Battle, uh, at 78. And we're going to have Alabama and Georgia running our defense for the Green Bay Packers through three rounds. So I love that draft. Obviously, I did the draft. I like how it all fell. Uh, your thoughts? Okay, so if I have to trade Aaron Rodgers, because I don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers, I want to run it back. I'm one of those insane people, right, that just wants to run it back. Got Watson, another year older. Dobbs, let's do it. But if we have to trade Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm all in for this. So I like Brian Branch. You need a safety who could tackle. I can't yeah. watch any more Savage or Amos whiffing on tackles. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is it's another safety in the first round, and it's another safety in the first round out of Alabama. True. Although, uh-huh. haha, Clinton Dix those first couple of years was all right. Michael Mayer, you know, he's the official, like you said, he's, he's our guy. So uh, we like him. I like Kincaid a lot. And I like this idea, especially with a young quarterback. I like the two tight end sets. I think New England, this current version of New England, needs to run more two tight end sets. Brady did it for years. And they would always replace, like it was Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, but they would always they would bring in new tight ends. You know, it would be uh, Allen from the Colts one year. Um, but I do like that. I like Mike Morris a lot. Man, so does Pro Football Focus. They give you an A minus. All the edge rushers possible. Bring them home. I don't know about Jordan Battle since we're already going safety in the first round, but you know what? Who cares? Well, Savage and Amos, you just thought aren't the answers at this point. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, I like Savage is under contract, yes, for next year. I get that. I like but this. If I have another opportunity to get another kid from a, a well-coached football team in Alabama to come in here and play that safety position, he doesn't have to start. But to have two safeties to come in uh, and battle for playing time, sorry, no pun intended, um, that would be good. No, I like it because obviously you're going to have Stokes back next year. You have Jair. The safety play needs to improve. So I'm all for a branch or any safety who could tackle. I really, you need a tight end. And I love Michael Mayer, but man, Kincaid, as crazy as this sounds, might end up having the better career. So if you could get him right after, I'm all for that. And then all the edge rushers and then any help that you could get Kenny Clark, because this defense is so bad against the run. And I get that the current NFL, it's all about stopping the pass, but you can't be 31st, 32nd in DVOA against the run if you want to win football games. So if you want to get a defensive tackle, some big bodies to give Kenny Clark some help, I'm all for that. Oh, I can't wait for the draft. Cannot wait. Ryan Horvath does his mock draft uh, simulator, Pro Football Focus's mock draft simulator, coming up next Thursday. Can't wait to see what he does, who he trades, what picks he gets back, and what he uh, makes. Turn it up, baby. You could do that. Sure, go ahead. Do what you want to do. I know that. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, okay. so, you, the cool thing about that is it tells you the percentage chance of the other team accepting it before you hit submit. So it'll tell you 30% chance they accept this trade or 50% chance they accept this trade. So the more 
more you give, the higher chance you have of having the trade accepted in the simulator. Very fun. He is Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Next week when we – actually, no, we have another show. What am I thinking about? Holy cow. It's coming up on Friday. We'll record on Friday. And then next week, he's out uh, broadcasting from Arizona, getting ready for the Super Bowl. That should be a fun one as well. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Thanks for listening to another edition of Curtin Long. <laughs> 